BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. All right, welcome in, Attics. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. It is Super Bowl week. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Verderam. Verderam, you feeling nervous? No. No, I'm actually not. I, And I'm almost feeling nervous because I'm not nervous but um no i i think i'm actually i feel good going into the game whether that's a kiss of death or not we're going to find out but I, I i am not that nervous i will be a wreck on sunday but not yet <laughs> uh yeah it's weird you got patrick mahomes in your corner and you got andy reed it is just i don't know you know they've been to the promised land we know they can do it i feel the same way i'm cautiously optimistic i'm sure i'll get more nervous as well as we get closer to the game Folks, this is not your Super Bowl preview episode, but it is Super Bowl week, so we're going to really try to pull out all the stops for you this week and um, give you some extra content. So a couple things happened today. It is Monday, and um, uh, first I want to get into this news. Uh, So we've got um, a couple players for the Chiefs have been added to the COVID reserve list, Uh, Kilgore and, God, who was the other one? Oh, oh, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. So you've got now this is the, the COVID reserve list for close contact, not for testing positive. So now we've got potential problems in the offensive line. Don't need that. And wide receiver rooms. Verderam, what are you hearing about this? I'll be blunt. I, I've not heard anything more than anybody else has heard, which is just that they are in the COVID protocol, that they're testing negative, that they need to continue to test negative if they want to be able to play. But they are eligible to play. They only, I believe it's five days. Um, there's a lot of different little mechanisms in the COVID protocols, but I believe it's five straight days of negative tests. Obviously, they have five days. So theoretically, they could test negative, come back and play. However, um, it is something to monitor because if one of them becomes positive, 
Now, then you start wondering, well, were they around other guys on the team when they were positive? And then, then you get into a very scary situation. But as of right now, they're not known to be positive. They're simply close contacts. They, they, the Chiefs knew this. They found that on Sunday. So they'll, they'll monitor and follow along. But as of right now, look, it's not ideal, but it's not uh, DEFCON 1 either. In, in a situation like this, with, with, with these two players being close contacts, you would think it has to have been somebody in the organization, right? You know, that's where it's hard. I don't know. Like, and I, and I don't want to, you know, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical, but like it could be somebody at their house, you know, like, the, you know, those guys like COVID's all over the place right now. Could be somebody who, you know, is at their home who got sick. And like, I'll, I'll give, you know, obviously this is not a football thing, but from a personal experience, you know, my wife who's a nurse. She got COVID back in November. Uh, my daughter and I never got it. Now, obviously, we would have been, if, if this was you know, the same situation for every walk of life, we would have been close contacts, the whole deal. We never got, we never got sick. You know, my wife had a really, really mild case, but thankfully, and that was it. So it could be that somebody who, who's at home with them had it. Or it could be somebody who's in the building. Um, it's possible. It's just, it's unclear. You don't know. Um, Hopefully they just stay negative and that's it and they move forward. But yeah, I mean, it's always a scary situation when, when you have COVID involved and you're trying to win a Super Bowl. I, God, yeah, you just think that like they, once everybody made the Super Bowl, you, you would feel like that they would just be like, all right, everybody goes to a bubble. You know, like we don't want to ruin the Super Bowl. We don't want anything crazy happening. It's just, it's, it's just stressful, man. I mean, that's the thing I'm most, I'm more worried about this than Tom Brady because the, if the Chiefs run on an offensive lineman, like how does the NFL, like it's the Super Bowl, but everything that we've seen from, from the NFL this season, it's like, we're going forward. If your team has a COVID outbreak, oh, well, like if, if God forbid, I, I don't even want to say this out loud. God forbid somebody with the, like with the name of Patrick Mahomes came down with COVID. That's it, right? Like they're just going to go ahead with the Super Bowl. Chiefs are going to lose. I I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know what they'll do. I I am completely guessing. I think if it was someone of that stature, they would they would delay the game. I don't think they would play it because it's not like a normal Super Bowl where you have everybody and their mother down at Tampa and all these hotels are booked and it's chaos and you have to basically plan these things a year, year and a half out in advance. You don't have to. The Chiefs are flying in Saturday. So I don't – I think in theory, if something of that level happened, I think you could delay the game. Now, would they? I don't know. See, before it was hard to delay games because then you start pushing back the whole season, right? Like, then it becomes, okay, well, now we've got to add week 18. This is the last game. Like, if you're the NFL, what would you rather have? A delay and, okay, one more week of buildup and then the game or Chad Henney in the Super Bowl. Like, it's not even really a, a, a question, right, if you're the NFL. So, but my big – like, if Mahomes got it, I'm sure they would just delay the game. If If – what happens, though, if, like – Chris Jones got it. They probably play. So that that's the concern. You know, but listen, right now nobody's testing positive. Let's just hope it's nothing more than that. The Chiefs have had guys, by the way, who have been on the COVID list for this year. McCole Hardman was, um, Anthony Sherman was, uh, Jordan Tamu, their third string quarterback was. I'm sure I'm even forgetting uh, Anthony Hitchens was. So and and the Chiefs, thankfully, 
have have avoided any kind of major issue. So let's just hope that that's the way it is, and you go forward and you, you play the game. I'd be so worried to even get the group together at this point. You know, I just, I'm paranoid about it. I don't like it, uh, but they've got to get ready for the Super Bowl. They just have to hope. I mean, you know, as long as they got Mahomes, but you worry about, you know, Robinson in the, in the wide receiver room, like Tyree Kill. Chiefs need Tyree Kill to win this game. So, yeah. Uh, all right. That's bad news. Um, so we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, and we'll keep you updated as, as, as we hear anything. And of course, you'll be able to find everything almost instantly on arrowheadaddict.com. I wanted to talk about real quick a, a, an article that you released today, Matt, on fansided.com. It was an exclusive interview that you got with Chiefs rookie Legereus Sneed. Um, you talked to some other people around Sneed. Uh, it's called Legereus Sneed is the Chiefs' hidden gem and rising star. It's pinned to Matt's Twitter. So that's the easiest way for you to find it is just head to at Matt Verderam on Twitter and it'll be right there at the top of his feed. Uh, can you talk to us? Just, just give the audience a little bit about like what's what's in the article, what to expect and, and how your conversation went with Legarius. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was fantastic. Look, I was working behind the scenes last week to try to secure an exclusive interview with him. Um, was able to do so. I talked to Legarius at length on Saturday night. Um, really, really nice kid, soft-spoken. Um, and look, we talked about a lot of things. And I mentioned in the story where, you know, he, he is a rising star for them in a lot of ways. He's been great in coverage. He's been great as a blitzer. He has four sacks in his last four games. And I'll tease a little bit. I asked him, you know, this blitzing, you've been so incredibly successful with it. I mean, what do you attribute it to? And he kind of laughed and said, I've never blitzed before in my life. I just know that I'm really fast and I feel like the lineman can't catch me. I mean, that's it. Now there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but for him, that's the way he looks at it. But you know, he talked a lot about how the team held them along. One quote that didn't even make it in the story was, you know, he talked about how much help he's gotten from Dave Merritt, who's an assistant coach of the chiefs, Sam Madison, who's a DB's coach, Spagnolo, of course, a D coordinator and how, you know, he's a fast learner. He, you know, if he's told something once, he doesn't have to be told it again. Um, and that this year has really been a roller coaster for him. Um, that, you know, he was playing well, then he got hurt then he had to kind of earn his way back in the field. He moved from the outside to the slot. It's something that he hadn't done a ton of. He only did a little bit in college and they had not worked him out at all. But, you know, for this story, yeah, look, I did talk to Lajarius for quite a bit. He was, he was excellent. He was really thoughtful. He talked about how much he loves Tyron Matthew. Both guys are Louisiana natives. Um, and he also, you know, look, he talked about his mentality which essentially is to kill. Um, it was it was really interesting listening to him speak on that. He also, and I will, I'll, you'll have to read this to find out what, but two of the teams that he thought were going to draft him were very interesting, especially one of them. Uh, would have had a big impact on Kansas City in their season. So like, there was a lot of good stuff. I talked to Jeff Burris, who was a 10-year vet in the NFL as a DB. He was Sneed's defensive backs coach at Louisiana Tech. Great guy. Had, had a really nice conversation with him. And then I talked to some people in and around the Chiefs uh, for, for the story. Um, didn't quote them for obvious reasons, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that really, you know, is, is some inside information. So um, hopefully you read it. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're listening to this podcast. I'm sure you are. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. I think you will. Uh, it, was a, it was a joy to write. It was a pleasure to write. And it was great to know Jarius, who really is a fine young guy, but also obviously one hell of a player. Yeah, he did great. It's, it's a great article. I, 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 I got a, the pleasure of getting a sneak preview of it last night. 
um, before it was published this morning. And uh, one one thing that really stood out to me that I liked, and you mentioned part of this quote, is he said, it, it wasn't a hard adjustment. I've been doing it all my life, switching positions. Once I got with the Chiefs, I knew that they had, uh, once I got with the Chiefs, I knew they had that swagger to them. I knew I'd fit in with them. I thought that was really an interesting comment. Um, you and I have been talking about, so in particular, the last playoff game, the kind of swagger and attitude the Chiefs defense played with. And you've got Snead making big plays in that game. And I feel a little bit like the team is starting to adopt Tyron Matthews' personality a little bit. And it's, it's starting to take hold. Do you, do you feel that? And, and obviously, it's had an impact on Snead. No question. And when I talked to Lejarius, um, look, there were a lot of quotes that didn't even make it in the story. He is a very confident guy. And he talked about how confident they are in general as a unit and in going into this game. You know, he really, he felt very good. Uh, you know, just in general, you know, we had the conversation. He's like, I'm paraphrasing this part, but he basically said, yeah, listen, you know, we play with a lot of swagger. We're really confident in who we are. You know, we feel like when we play our best, we're not going to be stopped. Um, I also found it funny, and I challenged him in the interview. He's like, you know, we know we're the underdog. And I was like, you are not the underdog in any way, shape, or form. You're literally favored in the game. And he kind of chuckled. He's like, no, man, we're the underdog. I'm like, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I love it. Whatever you got to feel like. But no, he talked. I mean, look, Spag, um, Spagnuolo has really helped him out quite a bit. And he talked about that. He talked about how Tyron Matthews has been a guy who's really been a big brother to him. Um, but it's evident. I mean, you know, he talked about, you know, we have a lot of leaders on this defense from Tyron to Frank to Chris. You know, he's like, we feel that passion as a defense and, and we, we emanate off of it. And, and I think when you watch them, you see that. I mean, you can see them. This is the biggest time of the year. And a lot like last year, they're playing their best football defensively right now. They're, you know, Thornhill looks like Thornhill. Sneed's really coming to his own. He's becoming a star for them. I don't think it's overly uh, it's, that it's over the top to say he is the best corner in this game. And that's, that's a, a fairly large statement. Breland's a good, good cornerback. Carlton Davis is a pretty good corner for Tampa. But I was talking to one person for this story around the Chiefs who said, look, he is – our most versatile corner. He's our best corner right now. And that's a that's a big statement about a guy who, including the playoffs, I believe, has played 11 games. It really is. And that versatility on defense, when you can use a player in multiple ways, I and mean, we saw it with Eric Berry, who could come down and basically play linebacker. It just right. makes such an impact on what teams have to look out for. Because now they don't know what he's going to be doing. Is he going to be dropping back? Is he going to be coming down into the box? And with Snead, I mean, you watch that. There's a great um, clip that Don Kleiman shared that you uh, on Twitter of Snead's sack in the Bills game. And such a huge play. And it's just what Snead said. He just ran around the, the tackle. The tackle got distracted, didn't realize he was coming. And by the time he did, it was too late. And a, a huge play. No doubt. No doubt. And listen, I think, you know, part of what makes the Chiefs so hard to figure out defensively is they have such versatility in their safety. So, like, if you're, when you're a quarterback, no matter what offense you're in, you're taught to get to the line of scrimmage and read the safeties. And those are your keys. Okay. You read the safeties and then you go from there. With the Chiefs, it's so hard to do that because they have Juan Thornhill who can play single high, but he also blitzes at times. Tyron Matthews, the ultimate chess piece, and Dan Sorensen can play down the box. They play him too high sometimes. It's very, very hard 
to figure out where they're going to be and what they're going to do. And when that happens, they do they do give you a lot of looks out of you know they can play four different defenses out of the same pre snap look. It's very hard to figure that stuff out. I'd love them to see uh, to see Spagnola bring bring Snead down into the box a little bit, like acting like he's going to blitz and then right. blitz from the other side, send Breland, send somebody else. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that at all. There were multiple plays against Buffalo where they blitzed Sorensen or Snead and dropped Derek Naughty into coverage. There's not a quarterback on earth who thinks Derek Naughty is going to drop into coverage. And it, just, it <laughs> right. screws with you. It's very hard to figure that out in real time. Because, you know, look, you go back and we watch it three, four times. Okay, maybe there's a clue here, a clue there. You're Tom Brady on Sunday. You don't have three or four times to go back and watch it, even as experienced as he is. And he has struggled against Spagnuolo's defenses in his career. Obviously, Spagnuolo is the coordinator who defeated them in New England when they were undefeated. Uh, three of the last four games Brady's played against Spagnuolo, he's lost. And the two times that he's played against him in Kansas City, he's lost, and he's been he was awful last year. This past year, he got better as the game wore on. But Spagnuolo is a different kind of guy because they play a lot of different coverages. They are very exotic in the way they play defense. And even for Brady, he's going to get got sometimes because there's just so much of a, of a different look. Even if they line up the same way over and over and over, there's four, five, six different things they can do out of it. I love it, man. This game, if if you know if we have to rely on the Chiefs' offense, it's going to be close. But if the Chiefs' defense also comes to play, it's probably not going to be close. Um, all right, that's all we have. Right, real quick before we go, Verderam, I got to ask you: Have you had these things, cotton candy grapes? I have not. I have not. What are, I mean, obviously, it's self-explanatory what they are, but just uh, they, sound, <laughs> they sound good. But I've never had them. I my wife found them. You can read about them online. They're just regular grapes. I guess some guy went to a conference years ago and 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 somebody had like Concord grapes. They were really small, really soft, but they tasted like cotton candy. This man is a hero, I think, done things for humanity here that um, will be remembered forever. Took those grapes, went back to the lab, worked on engineering them and and uh, for I guess like over 10 years and now they're like full size green grapes and they taste exactly like cotton candy. It's bananas. You got to get your hands on some look for them. When next time you go to a grocery store, just keep your eye out. Like when you're in the grape cotton section, candy grapes, cotton candy grapes, they're I'm all in. It sounds like it's a good, it sounds like a really good excuse, but yeah, I'm eating fruit. Right. 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 They've got a little bit more sugar in them, but they're, they're not like not healthy for you. They're just grapes. They just, they found some that tasted a little bit like cotton candy and just kept working on them, working on them, working on them. It blew my mind. I'd love to hear from all y'all out there if you've had cotton candy grapes and I can't stop eating them when we get them. I just can't. Sounds fantastic. I have, I have not, I have never had them. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I'm glad I do now. Now, I think that that same gentleman needs to get to work on Reese's grapes as quickly as possible. Let's just get it going. That would be. Can you Nobel imagine? Peace Prize Award. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, everybody. Um, again, uh, we'll keep you updated on the COVID situation. Head over to Matt's feed. Read his feature on Legereus Sneed. We'll be back. Um, just keep an eye on your podcast feed this week because we're going to bring bringing you a lot of content, getting you ready for Sunday. It's not going to be a normal week here at the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. So we will be back. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, as always, thank you for listening and go Chiefs.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.